0: I'd like to propose a toast. Hello and welcome to Before Brunch. I'm Megan Cassidy. And I'm Cassie Delaney. And we are your weekly celebrity pop culture, arts, social issues podcast. And we go live every Sunday morning before brunch uh, around 11 a.m. or so.
1: Yeah, and we like to talk about all the things that you're going to be talking to your pals about at brunch, so we take the things that have happened during the week in the news and on the media, um, and we try and make sense of them, and understand them, and unpack them a little bit, and make them relevant to our lives, and therefore your lives.
0: We are now brought to you by Diet Coke, um, with thanks to their campaign, Because I Can, Uh, so we're thrilled about that. Last week was the first episode of the Because I Can sponsorship, um, and... Cassie has decided that she's going to buy a Vespa. Any update? Have you made a decision? I saw you had a poll on Instagram this um, week. Yeah, Megan, I'd put out. i actually like to address this because I did put out a poll on my
1: Instagram oh. asking my um, friends, close friends and followers, okay. um, whether I should get a Vespa or whether I was deluded to think that that was a good idea. But you
0: knew what I was going to say. Okay, yeah, but you were one of four people to say deluded. But how many people voted? Like Oh, like 100. Eight, nine. 100. A hundred people voted
1: on at that. least There was at least a hundred votes in favour of the Vespa. Either way, the Vespa won. Making your diluted comment null and void... Um, okay. But it did hurt me a little bit when I saw it on the Sunday morning.
0: I did it to hurt you. Okay. I have a very, very, my instinct always, if someone puts up a story and there's like a hurtful option. You'll go I for the I will always one. go for the, the hurtful one. Mm-hmm. I just go straight for the pain. I don't know why. Like if someone has put this up there, they deserve it. The, you know, yeah. they're going to get some pain.
1: See, I didn't realize actually until Sunday and I clicked something that you can see. The people who, who votes what way? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know that. So I have made some sketchy votes. And <laughs> yeah, like that I actually have, to me I though. have made some like bad decisions because I yeah. didn't think people could see them as like, ah, it's funny. Yeah, it's not funny.
0: Yeah, I know, no, and they can see it because I have ran polls that I've been incredibly offended by one or two answers, and you will hold a grudge. Yeah, like I've asked about. Um, I think it was a hat or something I was thinking of wearing and I had a yes or a no. And I still vividly remember who said the people no. who brutally said no because they're not people that I would chat to on a daily yeah. basis. See, this
1: is it. There was four people who said I was deluded to get this fast Okay, You were one. I just think I'm going to take That's it fine a pinch of salt, which is just great. Yeah. Um, and then Sophie White was another who we know very well, so that was fine. Pinch of salt also. Mm. Two people that I was in, like, primary school with yeah, and then one girl who's a friend of a friend.
0: That's when it hurts because that's not having a laugh. That's they genuinely don't know you're going to see it. Yeah,
1: I don't know if they. Yeah, I don't know. Like it was a weird one.
0: Yeah, weird. Um, didn't feel good about
1: it. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter because it's still one out. So I'm still going to get my vest bus. So that's all that matters. Why okay. hashtag because I can.
0: Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Um. With that said, let us get started.
1: Oh. That oh no. was beautiful. Okay, I'm trying to do
0: this one-handed. We're in a different location today. So my Diet Coke, is. this is going to be a lot more beautiful.
1: That was good. Oh,
0: you really get the fizz not when you talk over it, um, so that wasn't as clean as it usually is. We're in a sound booth this week. We're not in our normal studio, so apologies if you hear a hum and it sounds like we're in an airplane or something.
1: Yeah, we're actually at, um, we're at the, the Lovin' HQ today. We're think? at
0: Lovin' HQ and we have little sound booths that um, are soundproof, uh, but they feel like airplanes. Yeah. Do don't you feel like you're in an airplane? Um, do you know what I realised actually when I was on my way over here? Um, mm. I've spilled my Diet Coke the entire <laughs> way down my front
1: uh, our offices are like really, really close together.
0: Oh, it's literally around the corner, but we would never do lunch. No, I've never even suggested it. Well, okay. I thought they were a lot further away. No, it's literally around the corner. I knew that. OK, well that's hurtful. I don't
1: do lunch, though, in general, as a rule. Um, no, I like to. I, I like to just have a very chill lunch.
0: You have to be flexible with your lunch time as yeah. well. If I commit to a lunch hour, it will inevitably be, it will nice. just make my life hell for the day. Um, so we
1: are also recording on a Thursday evening because I'm going to Krakow tomorrow.
0: Oh. Yeah. What are you up to in Krakow? Um,
1: turns out I'm going all the way to Krakow to spend a weekend with my parents. Because what happened was, it was my da- it's, it is my dad's 60th. It's actually my dad's 60th today. Okay. And um, we were supposed to go on a big family trip to Krakow because my dad wanted to go there. My older brother lives over there. And it was I've got three brothers. We were all going to... Go over, partners, everyone, welcome, and spend the weekend in Krakow. Asked my two younger brothers, were they excited the other day? And they turned around, they were like, ha, no, we actually, we never booked our flights.
0: Oh, they've we just left never you booked like our flights, sailing right?
1: up the river. Then got on, to, uh, got on to my older brother and was like, oh, hey, so what's the plan for the weekend? Really excited to come over. He's off to a wedding. Oh. So I'm flying all the way to
0: Krakow <laughs> to spend... 72 hours with my parents. That'll be lovely. I've met your mother. She's an absolutely lovely woman. They are very funny and they're
1: gas crack and they're very excited and I'm obviously the favourite child, the most diligent. But I will say it cost me a lot of money to do what we could have done in Knockline.
0: Okay, that's, that's true. Uh, you're going to enjoy that, I think. I think you'll come back with good... Good memories. Good content. Uh, So this week we are going to chat about, again, look, repeal is everywhere. I mean, that's kind of the subject of um, our discussion today, the fact that it is literally omnipotent. She has spilled her coke down her front. I think there's just something about the way we're sitting. We're a lot more relaxed in this sound booth. Like it's a lean back situation rather than a lean into the table. Um, But repeal is omnipresent and... Um, we are going to chat a little bit about, because we're both sort of working in content creation um, and a lot of the discussions that I've been having over the last few weeks are about media bias and how I can sort of validate Lovin's approach to repeal. Mm -hmm. So it's a question that comes up on a daily basis, not just at the editorial table, but certainly in comments, um, a lot of people, the minute we sort of openly support repeal, um, the top comment will be, uh, what about balance? Mm-hmm. Uh, shouldn't you be obliged to share the mic, uh, so to speak, with the other side? Um, and no, like the answer is there is no legal obligation mm-hmm. to do that. S- 100% not in, on social media or digital digital publications, but even with TV and radio, the BAI has a list of guidelines, but that mm-hmm. is all that they are. They're not actually legally, yeah, they're not legally blinding, binding. They're, no. Um, so it's kind of, it really came to the fore in the discussion this week with the Claire Burns show. Um, people felt like it could have been moderated better. Mm-hmm. Um, but issues around moderation are something that we've chatted about a lot because it is really, really tricky, um, and obviously Google and Facebook's decision this week or last week yeah. um, to ban all advertisement around the referendum uh, was a big sort of fuel to this to the fire of this conversation. Also, but do you think that there should be regulation online? Should there be almost a stopwatch? Um fact, I don't know, like if we look at if I
1: suppose if we go back historically, obviously, uh, objectivity and impartiality was something that newspapers were supposed to hold dear. Um, and when you look at like the journalism codes of conduct and stuff, uh, objectivity is the number one uh, code of conduct. It is the, the, you know, the goal and the aim and something you're supposed to keep central in all your work you do as a journalist. And um, when we think about that, really, it's because people didn't access their news the same way that they do now Mm. um people might have bought a newspaper been loyal to one brand and one broadsheet or whatever it was and they were expected to find all of their news and all of their information in that uh one publication people don't do that anymore people will read their um their restaurant reviews and their uh entertainment news on lovin they're going to go to uh you know They'll go to the the, the Sunday Business Post for their business use or whatever it is. People multi-source their content now. So the necessity to provide people with balanced information isn't there because they're not necessarily going to read it on your publication Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, It's terrifying because obviously we live in a world now where the whole... The whole system of accessing news is broken entirely. Mm. And that's a lot to do with algorithms and Facebook and even Google and how people find information on the Internet. Um, So obviously uh, brands now, news brands especially, publications, are heavily reliant on social media, heavily reliant on Facebook to reach audiences. What the Facebook algorithm started doing was um, pushing content to people that they knew they'd be interested in. So when you read an article, you would get something you would be be more likely to get similar news pieces so what that kind of transpired as was that people were only receiving information that they were already kind of predetermined to agree with um which has created this weird kind of vacuum of 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 news and it's it's contributed to uh, the success of micro-targeting and all that kind of stuff. So that's why the likes of Cambridge Analytica and SEL and stuff could be successful. It's because they were able to use and hack Facebook's advertising platform to really micro-target people based on their previous um, their previous consumption habits and the previous uh, articles that they had read and it's proved to be very very successful even without the input of cambridge analytica something like that was inevitable because people are only now engaging with content that they support or that they like or that they're they're going
0: to um agree with basically do you think that has almost led to so it we're multi source we're getting our information from a uh rake of publications like it's not it's no longer just the one the one source but all of them are sort of pioneering the same view is that because even the media publications and the journalists themselves have been sucked into this vacuum of if they're going one particular way um, that's all they're seeing and they are the ones creating the media, and it, that's the way social media works. It's not just journalists anymore. Obviously, everyone is nearly a mm-hmm. citizen journalist now with social media. They're creating the ideas, they're um, consuming the ideas, and the more they consume them, the more they create them. And that's what the real problem here is. That it's it's sort of it's that vacuum. It's exactly yeah, that. exactly.
1: It's a bubble, and it's becoming so cyclical. And you'll you'll you know you're just being targeted with stuff or whatever. Um, I think what's interesting though is that. Regardless of this whole system of how people are being pushed, their news or fed, their their news or where they're sourcing it from, uh, that's a problem that we've spoken about multiple times or whatever. And it's it's a conversation that we'll be having for forever. The state of the media is something that we we can we cannot solve. We'll be talking about it for a long time to come. What's interesting though is that a lot of publications are disregarding this kind of code of conduct. Mm. So they're disregarding, um objectivity as a value that they would uphold because people now respond much better to brands when they take a political stance on something.
0: That's it. It's nearly the opposite. I feel like a brand, if they take a stance or they have a bias, they nearly hold that bias like some sort of like a badge of honor that it's, you know, they're they're proud of that bias. They'll boast about that bias.
1: Yeah, so I was, um, I read the Elderman, is it Elderman, P.R.? Yeah. Um, Edelman. Edelman. So they release a study every year called the Earned Brands uh, Study and it details kind of what motivates people to buy and what can be detrimental to brand reputation, right? (laughs) And in the the 2017 study, really, really interestingly, they found that 30% of worldwide consumers are now what they call belief-driven consumers. So the 30% of people, one one in three people basically is making their buying decisions based on the social stances of brands. So they're more likely to um engage with a brand that whose political leaning resonates with them right which is fin- like which is really really interesting because it's something we would never really have seen before um and what not to interrupt you but that also can rub people the wrong way in a in a big way which is really interesting because obviously uh like you just said it can it can rub people up the wrong way like we saw a massive case last year where um Kendall Jenner's video you know the ad that she did, where mm. she kind of—I don't know what you what you call it. It was just a shit show of a of an ad, really. Basically, it was kind of it, it took tried to have a very uh, point in political message and it failed completely flat because it didn't actually deal with anything, mm-hmm. and people really turned against the brand. Yeah,
0: I think people don't like to see a brand sort sort of piggybacking on mm. a movement either. So that's something that I always try to tread carefully with because Lovin' is very much. Pro-choice. Um, and that is a decision that everyone on the editorial table has made. But I do sometimes wonder if someone didn't feel that way, how comfortable they would be to voice that. Yeah. And in in a way, if I think practically, like, that's not, that's not right. Um, but while we are pro-choice, we do have to be very careful not to look like we're piggybacking or we're trying to, yeah. you know capitalize on this really important issue it's
1: it's it's a kind of scary time for brands and publishers or whatever Mm. further in this study it says that 87 percent of consumers would stop buying from or like engaging with a brand if they felt that they were not addressing their concerns or whatever so like it's not just that one third of people are are making their buying decisions based on poli- the political leanings of brands. It's that like nearly 90% of people are aware of it and mm. will consciously avoid a brand. So it's a really like it's a really tricky thing for brands to get right. And also it's like, um, you know, because people are res- people are responding now to brands that are being political or being vocal about their policies or vocal about their beliefs. It, you kind of have to choose a side because now they're seeing like brands who don't do it, brands that are staying on the fence are seen as being kind of weak or or lame or like apathetic, which is almost worse now mm-hmm. than
0: being on the wrong side of the political leaning or whatever.
1: Yeah, like, It's almost now that objectivity is seen as being on the fence.
0: That's it. Objectivity is not a prized quality at the moment. I think part of it, to me, probably has to do with the way referenda are sort of treated in the media now, or, and the coverage of it. It's not so much, particularly on social media and sites like like ours um, and like our competitors. It's not so much reporting mm-hmm. as it or debate, even as it is storytelling. Like yeah. a lot of it is stories, and I know that in the BAI guidelines, um, and a human interest story is sort of untouchable it's it's not um subject to the same sort of rigorous rules as uh, say a news report or a debate where everyone should have you know an equal voice there's there's yeah. no it's a myth that you would put a stopwatch on and everyone has to have the same amount of airtime but the the general expectation is that there's a moderator there who is unbiased and um facilitates a really healthy debate and debate is like you know Debate is our lifeblood. Yeah. Um, it's really important for public discourse. But what's happening on social media and on our sites and on Facebook and Google isn't often debate. It's, it's personal storytelling. Yeah. And a lot of the personal stories in this referendum are from the yes side. Mm-hmm. There is very little storytelling from no. Um, Yeah, like...
1: Yeah, it is true, Be, but I think there's a lot of, yeah. I think you, I completely agree with. You. I think the ye- yes side has led with the personal, yeah, massively, and I think the no side had led with. Had had been trying to lean with facts, but their yeah. facts have been disputed so often, yeah. and 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 rightly so. Like a lot of the facts that they were, um, purporting were were completely. In like mm. just completely wrong, like they were
0: lies. I think if you you can look and you can really see clearly see a divide in in like the the two sides and their campaign choices. Like pro choice is very clearly on the ground um, and out canvassing yeah. and storytelling, and then pro life is very much they've tried to go down the factual route, and then they've paid big money to to advertise digitally. Yeah. Um. So then Google's decision. While I would imagine people at Google and Facebook, which are the two sort of big influencers, I would imagine that they had crisis talks about, okay, if no wins, we're going to be to blame. Yeah. Because of the blanket coverage that no were given. They were obviously, the the funds are obviously insane. Because there was massive resource. There
1: was, um, I mean, there's been been, uh, sort of questions over the funding for the no side for a very long time for years like who there's, b- there's kind of who are funding who was funding this big massive campaign um and it was proven that there was uh the the financing for a lot of facebook ads was coming offshore so it was coming for a foreign country and obviously um any sort of foreign country involvement in a referendum or a national politics internationally is forbidden. like there shouldn't be any influence coming um, externally. A very hard one to kind of police, but obviously hmm. if they found that there was actually a bank account that was paying for the ads that were influencing Irish politics and that bank was elsewhere in another country, I, d- I think I'm not sure where it was coming from. Obviously that that should be banned. That, that legally shouldn't be allowed to happen. I mean, it's a bit of a, I think it's a bit late in the game for Facebook and Google to be making that decision because... These these dark posts and all these things that we don't even, um, you know, that we're only starting to understand now because of the Cambridge Analytica scandal have been going on for months and years. And this referendum has been fought dirtily online um, and offline as well. There's a lot of rumours flying around. There's a lot of questions. Um, we learned some interesting facts about, like, there's been four times the amount of yes posters printed for this referendum as there was for the marriage equality mm. referendum
0: and yet we're not seeing them around the place that's on our repeal special by the way if anyone hasn't listened to that you'll find it on iTunes Annie Huey tells us all about that does yeah she tell us so on the podcast i think she does yeah, yeah so there's obviously um
1: it is it has
0: been a filthy kind of referendum and
1: i'm i mean that's what i'm working on a piece now about how it feels mm-hmm. like how it does it doesn't feel good right now and you can blame the lack of objectivity in the media you can blame the the kind of rumors that are flying around you can blame Facebook and Google or whatever but at the end of the day this referendum if it is lost it'll be a really fucking hard blow because it's not being lost it's not being lost on facts it's being lost on ignorance Mm -hmm. I've had more people tell me like lies and come at me with unscientific facts that Mm -hmm. they've learned from the no side as the reason why they're voting no and then trying to counteract that trying to say to them like i had an awful fight with my own granny in really like the other day over over um dinner ended with her telling me to shut up like it was proper brutal um and she was telling she was kind of you know trying to explain to me why she was voting no and the things that she was saying were facts that i've heard iterated from the no side but then when i tried to explain to her why they weren't factual or why she had heard them she couldn't understand it
0: Mm. and that's
1: that's the problem that's the massive problem that they've engaged with and put up posters that affect generations of people that aren't going to be able to to understand that there's a kind of dirty influence going yeah. on here.
0: And that's, you know, this is such a hugely emotive topic and it's far more emotive than, say, an election or a, even a referendum around divorce. Yeah. Because if you have a friend who is going to vote no, it's it's not just a difference of opinion. If you are firmly, you firmly believe in yes, it's hurtful and offensive. And it, it's, it's quite deeply frustrating it's yeah, it's painful. It is because it's
1: you're because because no here is no to choice. It's mm. no to freedom, um, and. You know, I- in arguments that I've had with people, my aunt said to me, she was like, well, at the end of the day, I'm entitled to my opinion. You're entitled to yours. I was like, at the end of the day, I'm entitled to a choice and you're entitled to a choice. Yeah. But your vote will stop me from making that choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's trying to get people to see that. Yeah. Um, that is really, really frustrating. But I, it really does make you, and this is an awful thing to say, but this is a safe <laughs> sound booth. It yeah. makes you feel... it's only 10,000 people listening. It does make you feel... Um differently about people when you learn that they're not
0: willing to put their trust in women yeah but this is more polarizing than anything because I think it you know aside from from mistaken facts or a misunderstanding um, once we have all the facts if someone's still going no it's hurtful as a woman who maybe has been or will face or knows someone who has faced a really bad situation that's caused directly by the eighth amendment in the constitution yeah but a lot of the no's that i've heard are out of fear of the unknown this seems to be the one that everyone's clinging to that mm-hmm. that if we repeal we are allowing the government to fill an empty space with whatever they want and it's a really irish thing this fear of the unknown and it was this Strategy was utilized around contraception, Mm -hmm. around marriage and divorce, around decriminalizing um, gay relationships. And now again, it's the fear of, but why would we change? Uh, And we never look at how bad things actually are and how... Nothing it has ever really transpired. Not changing is the yeah. problem.
1: Yeah, no, it is, of course. And this comes back to people's fear of silence and mm. people not knowing, right? But what we have to realize and what like what I think people need to iterate and, and, and say to people who are afraid of that and thinking like that, and a lot of people have said to me, oh, well, this is only the start. Mm-hmm. Like, what will they do next? Like That's you get, it. And are you going to put your trust in a government that has... Now, like, you know, there's a lot of scandals and the f- the, the cervical check scandal hasn't mm. helped matters, you know. Mm. And you're like, are you going to put your faith in the government who's thinking that way or that way leaning or whatever? The thing is, this referendum is going to allow the government to put in place a piece of legislation. If we don't like that legislation as uh, like as a, a body or whatever, as, as, a, as a group, as a country, as a demographic... Once we don't like law or legislation, we can appeal for that law to be changed through the courts. It's a lot easier to get a piece of legislation changed than it is to get a piece of the Constitution changed. We will not have to go to another vote if we want to lobby for laws to be changed. Mm -hmm. Lobbying groups, activists do that on our behalf. You know, that if they they ever do decide they wanted unregulated pregnancy up to 24 weeks, we could change that in the courts that would Mm -hmm. have to be passed through the courts it would have to be passed through the the usual um standards that go through the doll for for a bill to be passed the bill that the the the, sorry the piece of policy that they're proposing is actually a very good piece of policy um we went through the facts on our repeal special or whatever and that is the the piece that they're going to pass through the government now it is a very comprehensive policy it's very very strong but I don't think it's, it's never going to be any more extreme than that I strongly believe it's not going to be any more extreme than that mm-hmm. I think the piece of policy that they're pushing forward is in line with um, international standards on termination and I think that we'll stick to that and we'll always take our lead from international examples
0: yeah I mean it's simple at the end of the day when you think a no is to stay the way we are mm-hmm. uh, and a yes is an admission that what we have right now is not good enough. Yeah. And that's so simple. And it's hard to comprehend someone not comprehending that. But I don't know, do you have any friends who are who are no? Um yeah. Like I think How do you converse with them? Like I'm kind of struggling with it.
1: I have conversed not not necessarily I actually haven't met many friends who are uh who are no voters but I feel like that's because I've been so publicly for many years yeah. in favor of repeal mm-hmm. that I think that I wouldn't be approached
0: No you wouldn't be told I wouldn't
1: be told but family mem- members and older people I've had conversations with um and people on the street and and just people in general I've had a lot of conversations with people where I felt they've walked away mm-hmm. coming from coming into the conversation as a no and walking away as a yes because there's like some simple facts that people just need to understand yeah that i think people aren't accessing mm-hmm. like the the referendum website ref org or whatever it's called um is a very very helpful resource it completely explains what's going to happen in this referendum and what will happen if we vote yes and what will happen if we vote no um the piece of policy is a really good uh, thing to read if you're going to talk to people about this or whatever and it's just presenting people with the facts and then being able to explain to them why maybe they have misinformation or why or why you can dispute what they believe to be true or whatever with your actual facts and backup and proof and all that kind of stuff I haven't spoken to anybody my own age about it and I but I genuinely think I would find it very hard to Mm -hmm. I would find it I would find it very very hard to um converse with or or associate with someone who's of this age who's lived similar experiences who can't see that this is mm. only a good thing.
0: Like my only the only friend I have who's no, it's quite difficult to argue with her because actually, even though we were saying earlier, storytelling hasn't really been a prominent sort of tactic, will we say, from the no side. Mm-hmm. But this person has a story that that she tells that's very personal to her that's the reason that she's voting no and it's hard to argue with someone's story you can convince them as to why it doesn't make sense and all the positives of of voting yes but someone's story is their story and it's rare that someone has a story on no but what she feels is that she can't argue with the yes story and that Mm -hmm. storytelling Is really what makes this referendum completely different to all the others because it's so emotive and it's everyone's personal story. But at the end of the day, yet again, everyone has a personal story. It's like everyone has their own singular experience on Facebook. Yeah. But all we need is the right to decide. Yeah. Like based on your personal story. So your personal story means that you don't believe in abortion. That's fine. Yeah. And I think yeah. this is
1: this is where it gets really tough because there obviously is the pro-life side and the pro-choice side. Everyone is for something. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no anti-life side. Yeah. There is no one who's anti-baby. Mm. Like, you know, and I think my granny thought that and I actually had to explain to her, I was like, you know, I don't hate babies. I like babies, mm. you know. And I think one of the, the things that the no side has to realize is that the yes side actually at once we're all babies and we're just babies who grew up to have opinions and yeah. that's a really positive thing yeah. more babies with opinions yeah it's great um but yeah th- every because everyone is fighting for something so strongly that they believe in i think this is why this referendum is so passionate mm. and so it's so fueled um and and that's why it's so so difficult to convey that and i remember even in the early days being at like when we were talking when we first initially started talking about repeal um launching the jumpers 2 years ago all that kind of stuff people were asking me like was i pro abortion and i'm not like yeah. i'm not i'm totally i think utterly blessed to be able to say that there are very few circumstances in my life where i could imagine having to have an abortion yeah. obviously if i was raped or if i had a fatal fetal abnormality i would pursue a termination mm-hmm. but if i were to have a crisis pregnancy I think I'm in a position in my life with the support I have for my family and financially where I could have a child. And I'm at the age where it would be fine and I'm at a place in my career where it would be fine. But I wasn't like that nine years ago or whatever. So obviously um, that, that could have been a different circumstance. And, uh, you know, people always say you don't know what you're going to do in that situation. Mm-hmm. But as far as abortions or terminations go, I myself would like to pursue any other available option to me. And that's it. It's always going to be the last option to people. Um, This was an interesting thing that came up in Clareburn Live. And I think that this is why uh, people have been so upset by this debate or the debate that was on the other night. Mary Lou obviously has been a massive advocate for repeal. And on the Byrne Live show the other night, she said, I myself am pro-life, but she was cut off with jeering from the crowd or people clapping and cheering and booing and whatever it was and it wasn't moderated and she didn't get a chance to explain that obviously what she means when she says she's pro-life is that she is pro-children she's pro-having babies she herself will explore any opportunity to have babies where it's viable you know Mm -hmm. um, and support women to do that Uh, but people are are really just fighting for the choice for the situations where the other options aren't available and it's just to not push people um that's know, it a- abroad but i think one of the things that people really have to realize as well is that with abortion with with legislation that will permit terminations of pregnancies just comes better health care for women and with better health care for women comes options
0: yeah and it's very possible that you know there are women who have had abortions in the UK or here um unregulated that may have chosen not to if they felt like there wasn't a stigma and they could speak about it and speak about um their fears and the fact that they wanted an abortion and um had a look at what road they could go down and then maybe would have decided against it with with better healthcare and support the diet coke because I can campaign is about carefree fun with friends and celebrating the things in life that make you feel good take part in the diet coke because I can series by following hashtag because I can so on a lighter note what has taken over the entire... I remember seeing a headline for this earlier in the week and ignoring it because I thought I'm not getting sucked in by that, whatever it is. Laurel or Yanni, like, what are you? I can only hear Yanni. I can only hear Laurel, and it is no. Laurel. No. No. But I I don't know, because back at the, the blue dress, gold dress, I saw blue, it was blue, right? It was... Where are my people at? It's Laurel.
1: It was... um. The dress was black and blue or whatever, right? Yeah. But I could see it at different angles. I could see the different colors. Oh, that you're was one of those. I, was I couldn't like do that. It was fine. If I tilted my screen, I was like, oh, yeah, it's black and blue now. And then if mm. I, it was like, it was when it was on Facebook everywhere. Yeah. You could scroll up. And sometimes when I scrolled, it was a different color. I could genuinely see the two. Mm-hmm. This Laurel or Yanni thing. So if anyone who hasn't it's a clip. Yeah. It's going around. And some people are hearing Yanni. And some people are hearing Laurel. Mm -hmm. And obviously they're two
0: completely different sounding things. So it's blowing my mind. I think the big fear is like it brings up questions of perception and whether we experience anything the same way.
1: No, we absolutely don't. We're all just little organisms operating in our own world and everyone else is a figment of our imaginations.
0: I mean, it could be the fact that we look in the mirror and we see something completely different to what everyone else sees. So this is going to spark one of those...
1: Massive debates that I hope. Existential question. I hope there are people at every brunch table in Ireland on Sunday now. Yeah. Asking this question. Mm -hmm. How do you know that my yellow is the same yellow that you see? Because you've been brought up to identify whatever your yellow is as yellow, but there's no way of telling
0: it's whether it's the same world. yellow. And you can even describe it like red is hot, but you've been told since you were one that whatever you see as red is fire and it's hot. And you've just completely developed all of your worldview around what you learned as a toddler, but we could all be seeing and hearing different things. Yeah. It's horrible. But why do we love these things so much? Why do they go so insanely viral? Because they genuinely, like, they genuinely blow my mind. They make you think, what is life? Um, if we can't agree on what we hear here, like, what is life? What is perception? What is everything? What's
1: right? What's wrong? What about them shoes, though? Those grey and teal shoes? Did you see those? Oh, ones? yeah, I remember
0: that vividly. That wasn't as exciting.
1: But, I, so, they were pink and white, I can't remember what I saw. As in, like, the shoes themselves, I saw, like, they, I saw. Oh, s- the real shoes. I saw the real shoes, and they were like, they're pink and white. I, I, j- I yeah. just can't get it. I don't understand it. I don't get it but at all. But this
0: scientifically, like, there is a scientific explanation for Yanni and Laurel, and I've actually seen it in action. So if you lower the, what you would call it, the, not the tone, if you lower it so that it's deeper. Oh, yeah. Um, you will hear Yanni. And if you, like, raise the octave all the way up, Everyone will hear Laurel. Okay, so one of them is, one of them obviously
1: is a low frequency and one of them is a high frequency. It's the different
0: frequencies. So it's what your ear is tuned into.
1: Okay, but when I hear Yanni, it's a high pitched Yanni. But that's because
0: you hear. Okay, so let me make this out. Okay, da 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 da, scientist Megan. No, it's not scientist Megan, but when when we lower it for everyone and they hear Yanni, that's when people who pick up high-pitched things can't be deceived by the the high pitch. So you hear Yanni because you hear things high-pitched. No? Yeah? Uh, Here's another insulting thing. Younger people hear Yanni and older people hear Laurel. Now,
1: I have heard that before because I remember writing a story on... There was a, a great story somewhere in the UK where there was a shop and they had
0: loads of youth The anti-loitering they had youth It's all over something. Ireland I hear it all the time. Is it? And it's genuinely, that, yeah. They play this high frequency noise. It's a squeak, it's awful. In Waterford there it's on this corner by this really nice pub revolut- Revolution I can't sit in the beer garden because of the noise and it's anti-loitering for young people. But I hear Laurel so that would indicate that you're a younger thing. Now,
1: I can't hear anything at all. I've got very waxy ears, always have. That's nothing about the wax. That's just disgusting. No, I just... Literally, have, literally nothing literally about wax. No, actually, uh, just there before Christmas, I had to go get them cleaned. Cause no. Do oh. that. That's Look, we're open here. It's fine. It's and you know what m- the doctor said? She said you have dainty ear canals.
0: Yeah, that dainty. are full of wax. Because they're
1: small. And they're
0: so full. So oh, so full. Um, no, I get them clean. It's not about hearing. Like hearing. It's about what your brain picks up. Do you know what I mean? It's so not it's about like a blockage in your fucking ear. <laughs> okay.
1: That was aggressive. Actually, yeah, I feel aggressive.
0: <laughs> okay. It's like high pitch, low pitch. As you as you get older, you hear high pitched stuff less. But that would say to me that Laurel is for younger kids, Yanny's for older. But I I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. Anyway, it was
1: an interesting one. It was um Oh, I have to stop saying that actually because after last week's episode someone pointed out to me that they're going to start a before brunch drinking game. We should have told you this at the start.
0: For how much you say it's an interesting one. For how much
1: <laughs> you might get angry or whatever about this. But how much I say it's an interesting one. I'm and how I get angry you say I already know. And how much you say it's loaded. <gasps> Rude. Who
0: fucking said that? <laughs> I'm not gonna name names. We're all fucking friends, Lydia. Yeah. <laughs> like I know it was Lydia. I do say loaded all the time. And I do say it's an interesting one because sometimes things are interesting. And also a lot of things are loaded. <laughs> Loads of them. <laughs> Loads of things are loaded. Um okay. Uh, we don't have time to talk about Book Club again. We've oh run my out God, we
1: have run out of time. Next week.
0: Um, but in the meantime, please do check us out on at Megan Cassidy, at Cassie Lorraine, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and Love in Dublin and lovein.ie. Um, and let us know if there's anything you want us to chat about, if there's anything exciting you're doing that is, uh, would it, is a good fit for the Because I Can idea, um, like Cassie's Vespa, Uh, Let us know and we will see you back here same time, same place next Sunday. Bye. Bye. The Diet Coke Because I Can campaign is about carefree, fun with friends and celebrating the things in life that make you feel good. Take part in the Diet Coke Because I Can series by following hashtag Because I Can.